This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, July 25th. Corey, the Twins just keep doing it. They win their fourth straight last night. Four straight. Carlos Correa gets the uh, the winner, I guess, in the tenth inning, beating Seattle four to three. It was a bit of a slow game for Correa, but I guess he came up in a spot where what's well, the reason you resigned that dude, right? And the pitch, a swing, a line drive, right field, shallow. Hernandez coming on. He'll slide and misses the ball. He missed it in right field. Solano scores. Correa put the ball in play, and the Twins win it in walk-off fashion on back-to-back days. 4-3, the final in 10. Yeah, uh, Carlos Correa with the big hit, like you said, 0-4 coming into that point. And like Corey Provis said on the air, there was runners on the corners with one out. Carlos Correa leads the league in double plays, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, (laughs) here we go again. Uh Like, this is going to be it. But... On an 0-2 pitch, he gets a ball. He gets a rising fastball, and Correa knows exactly what to do with knows exactly what to do with that pitch. Just gets the uppercut swing, gets it in the air into the outfield, and I mean, I know Donovan Solano's not the fastest runner on third base, but it would have been a sliding catch for Hernandez, who has a good arm, mm-hmm. but a sliding catch there it just would have been a P have to try and throw him out so Correa would have likely done the job anyway but the single makes it definitive twins win by the way uh, there was another effort from another twin who had kind of had a slumpy start to the first part of the year who uh, has really been coming up big lately a ground ball right side base hit Max Kepler there's the twins first hit tonight leadoff single Max Kepler got the single, the first Twins hit of the day. He also came up later in the ninth inning and got the game-tying single, scoring Alex Kirilov, who had a double before. Uh, The Twins necessarily didn't score a ton of runs because they needed extra innings to score four, Uh, but I think the thing is we're seeing a little bit more timely hitting, Corey. A little more timely hitting, and uh, we found out that – this team doesn't need to score a ton of runs to win ball games, right? No, we found a stat, and uh, the Twins, if when they score three runs or more, are forty-eight and seventeen. I don't know what kind of pace that is, but that's a really good pace. So they only need to score three runs to win a ball game, which is, uh, I mean, that's kind of incredible because three runs is not. Like four would be your like you feel like maybe you're in a safe space. You're starting mm-hmm. to work into that safe zone. So to have that sort of winning record and only score three runs is, I I think we can have hope here in this second half of the season for this for this team. Just you know y- you combine that sort of stat with I think they have the easiest schedule in baseball. Mm-hmm. The second half of the season, <laughs> um, you know, just go ahead and and let's walk away with this division, I think. Things are coming together for the Twins. They have now have a four-game lead in the American League Central, thanks to Cleveland, who decided uh, to lose to the Kansas City Royals at home. Corey, the Kansas City Royals now have their 29th win of the season in late July. Congratulations to them. Just, I mean, I think the, <laughs> the Twins have played the Royals, I think, 10 times this year, and they're mm-hmm. like 9-1 and one yeah, against right. Kansas City. They stink. They're not... They're not good. Uh, so the Twins will have an opportunity this weekend to put their money where their mouth is when they go to Kansas City. But uh, I think overall it's just been uh, really good to see the Twins come together. One of the other positive developments in the game, uh, 
Kenta Maeda, man, like he's become in 2020 when he was pretty much should have been the Cy Young if Shane Bieber didn't go just a little bit harder than he did. Mm-hmm. Like he had every right to be the Cy Young in 2020. Now it's a two month season. It's not necessarily a full body of work, but it was the situation he was put in. He was an ace on that Twins team, and he's not necessarily the ace this year, but he sure is pitching really solid he got into the seventh inning and had a chance Rocco came out Rocco gave him the opportunity to get one more batter he ended up walking him but I think it just set as that uh Kenta's in a really really good spot right now and in 2020 the thing was everybody called him King Kenta and I think it's uh I think it's the return of the king because he's been pitching really really well yeah he went six and a third gave up one run on six hits had eight strikeouts he pitched really well um, last week against Seattle, mm-hmm. um, I believe as he had maybe f- he would have had four starts already since the All Star break. Would have he? Uh, two, two no, th- I think I think the Seattle one might have been his first. Yeah. He might have also had one in Oakland. It feels like that like three out of the last four starts now for him have been have been pretty good, and he kind of is corralling that. He's in the bottom half of the, that starting rotation, and mm-hmm. this goes to show why the offense needs to only score three runs a game to win because the pitching really has been awesome. You've been on that since very early on, too, and how uh, the upside on that pitching staff was potentially going to be very good because of its depth. Um, you know, the, the concern was always, well, it's cool if you're deep, but if you're deep with number three starters, that's not going to do you a lot. Mm-hmm. It seems like they've one through five, they've got they've got ones and twos. It's kind of uh, it's kind of awesome to see what they're doing, and he's been uh, especially now since the All Star break, he's like kind of front and center. Right. And there's one other thing that I noticed with this Twins game. Uh, Luis Castillo is a really good starting pitcher. Uh, he uh, has been he locked down the twins last week, believe uh, in one of the games, and then uh, today uh, last night he was perfect through the first trip through the order. He was it took him like thirty pitches to get through three innings, not even like he was cruising. Mm-hmm. Uh, had like an eight pitch inning, a five pitch inning, and he was just in a really good spot. And the second time through the order, and it started with Correa, and the rest of the guys followed through. Uh, they took really long at bats, mm-hmm. and they they didn't like necessarily get his pitch count up to a hundred by the fifth inning, but all of a sudden it went from a guy who had a pitch count of forty through or a pitch count of thirty through four innings to all of a sudden it took him twenty five pitches, thirty pitches to get through the fifth, and wouldn't you know at the inning before where the Twins work him a little bit, the next inning they keep working him, and then you have even at bats where there's a strikeout, but making him throw eight pitches wears him down enough to where Trevor Larnick can come up and nearly hit a home run but hits a triple off the wall mm-hmm. and then Vasquez can come in and get a game to and get a go ahead single in the middle innings to put them up 2-1 at the time. I think the Twins showed this in the last series against Seattle when they're when they're capable of taking good at bats, they're capable of making a pitcher work. The one thing has just been timely hitting. They stink with runners in scoring position. And when we, I mean, it wasn't perfect yesterday. They only scored again two runs through eight innings, and even on Sunday, it took them till the ninth inning to score their three runs. But timely hitting makes up for a little bit of that. Kind of as we learned with the Vikings last year in football, 
even if your offense stalls out a little bit, if at the end of the game you're still close enough within striking distance to score and to make a run, and you were able to get that timely play, it still works out. And I think the Twins have been getting a little bit more of that lately. We'll see how long it continues. Well, and you're not. This is important too. It's it's the it's the point we've been making for a really long time about this team. You're not going to get your timely hitting without the uh, constant battering of of whatever is happening earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. This is uh, each pitch doesn't happen in a vacuum. Um, each pitch is entirely representative of the situation the previous pitch has placed the game in and things that have happened so when the starting pitcher has got 30 pitches through three innings and then you decide we're going to be a little extra patient we're going to take um we're going to take smart aggressive hacks we're going to we're not going to chase anything when you make that effort and make somebody work a little harder even when it's time to get to the bullpen now now as a as a batter you're still you're you're seeing pitches. You're seeing pitches. You're seeing pitches. You're making them have to work for every out. You're making the defense have to work for every single out every single time. So you don't need to um, hopefully get lucky with a timely like. Oh man, maybe this is the inning. We'll get our solo home run. Right. It's that constant. It's the waves uh, uh, crashing into the beach, like. You don't see it right away, but eventually that beach erodes, and right. uh, and you have to adjust where your breakers are in the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the effect of 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 this approach we've talked about all season with the Twins, um, and it can it can happen over the course of the game. You have to be patient, right? And maybe the game plan early on against Castillo was to attack him. Because they were like, felt like they were aggressive early. They were swinging early in pitches, which isn't a horrible thing in a vacuum. But, you know, clearly it wasn't working through the first few innings. So they changed it up and it worked. And like you said, just that waves on the beach, making him throw eight pitches every single at bat, just making every single one seem like a grind, makes a pitcher feel like, I'm just going to throw it right down the middle and hope this guy hits it to one of my fielders. And then that's when Trevor Larnick hits it off the wall. So trade deadline is. Soon, correct? August 1st. August so, 1st, so a week from today. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, a week from today. Um, they have a four-game lead in the division now. They're the only team in the division over 500. they and 9-2 since the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. What's the move for the Twins? Is this, is this a bullpen arm? Because history would show that if they make the playoffs... One of these starters is going to the bullpen. Yeah, not that they won't need that depth in the bullpen in the meantime. Um, is there a certain type of bat that they need? What's what does it seem like is in store for the Twins? Well, I think the interesting thing about the Twins is one that Jorge Polanco is going to come back soon. He's begin he's rehabbing in St. Paul, and interestingly enough, Corey, he's gonna he's rehabbing to play third base. Julian's on fire. Julian's on fire, and you really can't with Buxton as the DH. You can't DH him. Right. So he's got to play second base, and Jorge Polanco was very willing, according to Rocco. He's like, let's do it. Let's go to third base. Of course. And he's there. He's going to prep there, and he'll play third base until Royce Lewis comes back. But that's the thing. You could have Royce Lewis and Jorge Polanco coming back. Royce Lewis, a righty, and Jorge Polanco, a switch hitter, although probably a better left-handed hitter. But So in terms of bats, you could use a right-handed hitting corner outfielder to help 
platoon with Larnick, Gallo, Kirilov, and Kepler as your four left-handed hitting corner outfield bats. Uh, so, you know, somebody in the vein of an Andrew McCutcheon, somebody in the vein of of like a, of that kind of breath. Sure, yeah. Somebody who can play a lot against lefties and help mash in that regard. In terms of the bullpen, uh, really just any kind of extra arm, like a Michael Fulmer last year, is like a, just a, like you don't even need to get a, a Josh Hader. You don't need to get the top-end flamethrower closer. Like last year, the Twins got Jorge Lopez mm-hmm. because they wanted to get somebody to pair with Duran in the back end of the bullpen. Now, I mean, that wouldn't hurt, but you don't necessarily, that might not be, you might not want to go out and spend that. And the Twins don't necessarily have as deep of a farm system as they did a year ago. So maybe take a second and just, you know, not necessarily be cheap, but maybe this isn't the year when you're shopping for Christmas presents that you, you know, get your kid the new PlayStation. Maybe this is the year you be a little bit more modest because it's not necessarily the right time. But I think I think that's kind of where the Twins go. I think the Twins don't need to swing big like they did last year because, one, they're actually gaining momentum, not losing it, whereas they were at this time last year starting their free fall. And secondly, you know guys like Carlos Correa are going to be here in the long haul, and you thought Carlos Correa was pretty much a one-year rental last year, so you were trying to make the most of that. I think the dynamics are different this trade deadline than from a year ago. And so I think the Twins will be active, of course. They'll probably make more than one trade for a player. But I don't think the Twins are necessarily going to get ultra-aggressive and maybe give up certain top prospects. Is there a chance in all of this that we see um, you know, Buxton back out in center just because of some of these depth issues that, that we've talked about? Do we see... Um, rather than going out to get a right-handed corner outfielder or right-handed bat, does Lewis, if Polanco's going to come up and play third and you have Farmer and you have all, and and Solano and Julian and, you know, is is Lewis your your right fielder maybe going forward um, and, and that's the way to get that right-handed bat out there? I'm not really sure what the best path is going to be. I think the Twins would love to have Royce Lewis be in center field. Mm-hmm. And then... Buxton can just keep DHing. Now uh, it makes I've, me so sad. I not, I get it. I'm still so oh, sad about it. A hundred percent. Now there were some Ken Rosen before Buxton. He's on the paternity list. His wife had a baby on Sunday. Oh, nice afternoon. So that's how Trevor Larnick got called up to hit the game sure. tying triple mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Uh, and so basically, when Buxton comes back, they're going to need to make some decisions. But before that, uh, there were kind of some breadcrumbs from Ken Rosenthal, who's a national writer who kind of said that the Twins were starting to kind of plan maybe Buxton going back into center field sporadically. Like, they were kind of trying to lay the groundwork for that coming. But I think the Twins would just love to have Royce Lewis be in center because he's younger, and then you kind of have a spot for him, and Polanco can be at third base. But It still feels like a sin to make this five-tool ball player of theirs a one-tool player. Like, he's not an MVP if he's only hitting. I don't Well, especially I, I when he hasn't care. hit very well this especially year. Especially when he hasn't hit. Uh, so that part really continues to bum me out. But if that means there, there's just there's just depth, which is a really fun problem to have. They have lots of possible solutions here, which is right. cool down the stretch. And that's the big thing in all of this. So I don't I don't know. The Twins are in a really good spot as we're into the trade deadline right now. Let's see if they can keep it going. They play the Mariners tonight, six o'clock pregame, six forty first pitch on KWAD. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, July 25th. 7.31 on KWAD.